And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson, uh, I have a question for you. At Doc Manson, of course. Um, actually, I have two questions for you. Three, technically. Uh, the first question is, would you like to start with the serious question or the not-so-serious question? Well, D.C. Matthews, at the D.C. Matthews, I I think this is a whimsical show, so I, I hate to start off on too serious of a note. I, I guess, um, what is the non-serious question? What is the worst amount of trouble you got into as a child slash teenager? Um, there's a few different ways to interpret that. I would say, are you saying like trouble with your parents specifically or? Yes, but I suppose if you got arrested or something that I'm not aware of, you could tell that story. No, no, no arrests. Um, no, really, run-ins with the law at all. Although, well, there's one story. I guess it's kind of funny, but it's not anything. Um, I was just thinking, like, in terms of getting up to trouble, I, and I've told this on the pod before, so I don't know if it really counts. I just remember, you know, uh, trying to swing from my swing set through amigo style and breaking yes. my arm. That was a good deal of trouble. Not necessarily with my parents, but I found myself, you know, in a world of trouble for a while sure. after that. So with a broken arm and all that. So, you know, um, is that not what you meant? I, I don't know. No, I was listening to a podcast earlier today and uh, somebody was telling a story about sneaking out of the house when they were a teenager and how and they were like, well, you know, because everybody sneaks out. I never snuck out of my house. I was too afraid of, you know, being killed by my parents, which made me start thinking about the kind of trouble that I did get into, which was all fairly mild. And I just was curious what young Doc Manson, what sort of mischief and antics and hijink uh, young Doc Manson may have may have gotten himself into. Did you ever sneak I mean, out of the house? No, no, I've never snuck out of the house. Never had a need to. Um, by the time I guess I was a teenager and old enough to be going places, I would just be like, I'm going out. And they might ask where you're going, and I would usually tell them. Um, Did you ever lie and say you were going one place and go another place? Nothing jumps out to me. No, I don't think so. I think I was mostly just honest, and to some extent that, that means I'm a goody two-shoes, but to the other... Um, I don't know. I've never really, I don't know. I didn't have like controlling parents. So they were mostly just like, oh, going to your friend's house, going to a party. All right. Well, be safe. You know, so never really had to hide or sneak. The only time I can remember sneaking anything, this would have been even younger. We've been like waking up in the middle of the night and sneaking downstairs to watch horribly violent uh, horror movies on HBO or, you know, Cinemax or whatever in the middle of the night. That's probably the worst I got up to, which 
I mean, isn't that it's bad? not even so much the fact that what I was watching, because again, I watched that crap during the day too, and they didn't care. Um, more just, I guess if they had any rules, it would have been like, it's not that it was a rule even, but I don't think they would have liked the idea that I was getting up in the middle of the night and going and sure. doing, watching television. But I don't know. I, I'm so lame. I don't know. I just, I don't really have any of that. I don't know. I guess well, I'm lame. I, I don't know. If you are lame, then I am also lame because not only was I not sneaking, I, you know, I had hello to mom and dad. If you're listening, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school here. I had very uh, strict parents. There were, you know, very certain things that were, I was allowed to do certain things I was not allowed to do. And, you know, the idea of going out, I think the story was, you know, he was meeting some girl to go see like a midnight showing of a Harry Potter movie. And his parents weren't going to let him go, so he just snuck out and went and did it anyways. And I, you know, to be also fair, as a teenager, I wouldn't have wanted to be out at midnight. I would like to be asleep. So I, I don't think I ever, I mean, I never did anything like that either. I definitely went to like, you know, movies with girls and stuff, but I never was like, yeah, let's go out at midnight. Cause yeah, that just was never, it never would have even crossed my mind to, as being appealing like why go through all the trouble when i could just go out with my lady friend at a reasonable hour where nobody cared you, you know what i mean like i don't know I just, it never i was never that person never saw the appeal i guess of a midnight show my wife and i did go early on um to you know our university bookstore for the release of harry potter 7 when that book came out and we were, you Woo! know, we went, you dogs, you. Yeah. We went and then, you know, went home and it's the middle of the night and we're reading and, you know, trying to read at a, the same rate of speed, which isn't going to work. So one of us would read and then have to stop and wait for the other one to catch up so we could talk about, you know, what happened in the various chapters. But yeah, I, you know. I suppose I'm lame. The most trouble I ever got in besides, you know, the time I tried to change my type typed out report card with pencil. And I'm sure I've told that story before. Um, Never had to do that. So was, was, you know, I, it was summer camp. There was an overnight. I had gone on the overnight. And when I had a car, forget, interrupt me if I've told this story before. I can't remember if I have or not. Uh, so far, it's not ringing any bells. When I got my license, I had a list of towns I was allowed to drive in, and I had a list of towns I was not allowed to drive in. I wasn't allowed on the highway. So, okay. So, we do this overnight. My friend Mike is a bus counselor. He needs a ride from the camp to his bus stop which happens to be in one of the towns I'm not allowed to drive in. So I go, okay, sure. I'll bring you. It's, you know, eight in the morning on a Wednesday. So I go to bring him. Now, you know, this, the car that I drove, my first car was a Jeep Cherokee, the color of Colgate toothpaste. Yeah. I think the most unappealing green, blue, teal color uh, in existence. I I saw another Jeep, that color yesterday. And I wanted to, like run the person off the road and offer to buy their car off of them. Um, 
So, you know, it, it's a hideous color. It practically glows in the dark and it is not inconspicuous. So as I'm coming to the intersection of the road that leads to this town and the road that uh, my camp is on, my dad drives by because I didn't have a lunch for the next day. So he was being a very kind father and bringing me a lunch for camp. And he sees me in my teal Jeep at the intersection coming from a direction I'm not supposed to be. So I got in serious trouble because my first quote unquote serious girlfriend lived in that town that I wasn't supposed to be at. So he was believing that I had gone to the girl's house overnight, lied and said it was an, you know, I was at a camp function. So I got the car taken away for a few days. And, you know, in the end, I think he wound up calling the camp to confirm that, like, I was there. And he was like, you just should have called and said where you were going. And I was like, you told me I'm not allowed to drive in that town. And that was one of the many times I was told I really can't take things so literally. Yeah. And see, so. I think that's the part of the reason why why I, I, I don't have any of those stories is because I just... I mean, first of all, I never, I never had the ultimatum of you can't go to these places. But yeah. if I had, I think I would have just been like, "Hey, Mike needs a ride." Yeah, is it okay pretty, this one time? I'm pretty sure this okay. was the era before cell phones. I think we've talked about that. My parents and I have talked about that. Had I had a cell phone, it wouldn't have been an issue. I would have called and been like, "I'm driving Mike to this town," and they would have been like, "Okay, be safe," and I would have been fine. But mm. regardless. That's the kind of lame trouble that I get into. Do you think it's because you were the youngest child? And so by the time you came of age, your parents were like, eh, do what you want. I think you to were, some extent, you were, yes. You were clearly the more responsible Manson brother. Uh, you know, at this point, sure. But I don't know if that was always uh, true. I was hyperactive as a kid. I had a lot of energy. Um you know, I definitely had a temper, especially through high school, those teenage years, that sort of thing. So, but, oh, you know, good I don't thing think that went away. Good thing that went away by college. <laughs> you know, I only broke my hand punching a wall once in college. It's fine. Um, at least, you know, I didn't punch an animate thing. Yeah. No, I punched walls. I haven't done it hard enough to break anything. I would but say I've... that's the biggest trouble I got into as a kid. Um, Again, pretty young. I don't know. I would say maybe 13, somewhere in there, playing a game of Monopoly with my brother, getting pissed off at the cheating, and then punching the wall in the hallway and putting a hole clean through it. <laughs> I remember, I remember, I went downstairs, you know, all sheepish because I knew, you know, I was in, I was in it. My father yeah. was outside doing something in the garage, and I was like, hey, I punched a hole in the wall and he was like, what? And I was like, we were playing a game of Monopoly. I got mad and I punched a hole in the wall. There was a beat. My father was just looking at me, you know, and I said, I I'm, I I'm just going to go to my room. <laughs> and I went to my room. <laughs> yeah. 
um, and that's so I admire I the really remember what happened after that, but I admire the honesty because had I done that, I would have concocted some sort of lame story that you know justified that hole being in the wall. Like I, I tripped and fell, and my hand, you know. I guess I wasn't creative enough, or yeah, I don't know. I wasn't in the habit of lying to my parents. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, there, there was this heavy doorstop that I accidentally broke, and it was an accident. And I was so nervous about getting in trouble that I blamed it on the dog. And my mom was like, "The dog's not going to knock this thing over." And I'm like, "I don't know. It's a big dog." And <laughs> so it worked out well. You're saying. I it's I don't know. So yeah, so that just made me think about, you know, I, I didn't get to know real teenage Doc Manson. So every so often I try to just get some insight. Um I don't think you would have liked me very much. I don't think you would have liked me very much. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> it took very it took it took quite a while into living together before I think we started liking each other. Uh I don't know. I would say we stopped living together before it really started. I don't know. That time we were screaming Wilson the volleyball's name out the window. <laughs> I think that was before we lived with each other. No? No, I think that was either way. Either way. All I think right. we had You're fun. Right. We had moments. We had our moments. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so uh, that's your whimsical question. Well, no, speaking of which, I want to we'll just the segue. Speaking of, you know, we had our moments. I had a lovely four and a half hour moment last week sitting in multiple parts of Manson Manor. I sat at the table, oh. sat on the porch, sat on the couch. I hung out with your dog. Like it was, My dog it was likes lovely. you. Uh, the missus and I went over. It's the first time we've seen you since at least COVID, if not a little bit before COVID. And we we had a delightful time, so I just wanted to thank you on the air for hosting us. You were <laughs> generous. I hope you enjoyed the uh, subpar pizza that we left for you. <laughs> I, I definitely ate it all, so yeah. you know. I don't know if I would call that enjoying it, but I definitely ate it. Well, good. No pizza left behind. That's what I say. Not in this house. Is there such a thing as bad pizza? Yes, but. Will you still uh, eat it? <laughs> probably. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's pizza bad enough that I won't eat it. Well, although there probably is. I mean, I don't know that I would eat Japanese pizza with mayonnaise as the sauce. Mm, yeah. Maybe I don't know. Not. That, that to me is. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know being, being a, someone who is not friendly with lactose. I don't think I'm intolerant anymore, but I just, I can't have a lot of it. And someone who has battled acid reflux before, so I try to avoid tomato sauce. I think I would pass on deep dish. Yeah, that's probably for the best. Although I'm you know, sure it's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm I do sure feel it's like good. if you've never had it before, you owe yourself a slice. But then again, I don't know the extent of your foibles. So, but I think I would try it. But I don't think I would be like, yes, I want an entire to. You know, I could go to I could go to a, you know certain pizza places and be like, I will eat a small or not so small pizza by myself. Give me a day, day and a half. I don't know that I would eat an entire deep dish pizza by myself, but I would have a slice. I think I would like. To, yeah, I would like and to I will see. say, having been, you know, out to uh, Chicago and having like, I don't know, authentic deep dish 
I think yeah. it was like Giordano's or something like that. Yep. It was where we went. Yep. Um, I wasn't impressed. Like, honestly, I it was fine, but I definitely prefer the uh, the New Haven More style than, pizza that yeah. we have local. It feels to me like the ratios are off. You have yeah. a crust and then you have like, I want 50% crust and then the other 50% the cheese and whatever toppings. That's like 80% topping and 20% crust. And that to me just see you need like breadsticks to just kind of dip into it. Yeah, I don't I just I don't remember it being particularly good. And I think there was mm. definitely something to do with the ratios, although I I did not I think think about it enough at the time to remember and be able to elucidate what it was now. But uh yeah, I've heard it described as like a horse trough filled with meat and cheese or, or sauce and cheese. Yeah, I don't so. know. Like I feel I think I like it was the sort of thing where, like, you basically had to eat it with the knife and fork because it was just kind of yeah. slop. Like, it barely even registered as pizza to some extent, you know? I don't know. It's almost like, like I, eating, like, a lasagna with, with crust. Yeah. I don't no know. No pasta with, with yeah, kind of. I don't know. Yeah. It was, I would eat it again, but it's it's not like, I'm not, like, seeking it out. I'd rather just, you know, head on over to Portillo's and get myself a chocolate cake shake um with the uh italian sandwich there yeah the italian beef italian beef yeah or a chicago dog even i'd rather have a chicago dog than uh than the deep dish pizza and a chicago dog is really just a hot dog at the end of the day um so i don't know with the tomato and the pickles and the yeah i mean you know so the 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 regional toppings of course but um, sure yeah i don't know i don't know well, so my serious question, we can, you know, I, oh, that you're was not, it? no, that was it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you said last week or whenever we recorded, I think we skipped a week. Oh, yes, because I was dealing with moistness. yelling at people. Yes, there was moist. I had a moistness issue. Uh, <clears throat> I know you're not watching the Olympics. No. But I do want to ask, you have uh, two doctorates. You are a supervisor. You you have a fairly important job, I would say. Um, you're doing all of this stuff. You you know. Do you how how well do you handle the pressure of just doing the things that you do with the expectations that come with it? Um. Did that not make Fine. sense? Did I not? Okay. No, I, I think it makes sense. Like, I don't, I do feel stress from time to time for sure. Um, who doesn't, right? Sure. But I mean, for the most part, I think I'm very, um, I think I'm, I think I'm very well adjusted with whatever comes my way in the course of my, my duties, I would say. I don't know. I th- I think my staff would describe me as calm and which is maybe surprising, but I think they would say so calm and um logical, reasonable. Uh I I don't think they would have any complaints about the way I react. You don't fly to off things. the handle. No, no. <laughs> You've never thrown a frozen fetal pig across the room? No, nope, nope. Not yet. I don't foresee it happening. <laughs> either to be honest but you know you never know 
the big story of the week in in the sports world, the Olympic world, and just life in general, you know, Simone Biles, I don't even know if there's an argument, the greatest gymnast of all time. <clears throat> what about you Michael know, Phelps? Dr- I heard he's pretty good. He, yes, as a swimmer. Absolutely. Oh, what uh, about Usain Bolt? I heard he's pretty good. Yeah. He's a good runner. No, you're right. That's that is the extent of what I know about Olympic people. Well, she she pulls out of team competition a day or two ago. She just withdrew today from the individual competition. And, you know, clearly the pressure of performing and whatever else is going on proved to be too much. We've seen other athletes and other famous people kind of, you know, starting to prioritize uh, their own mental health and backing out of projects or tournaments or various things. And again, you're not an Olympian. Uh, you, you know, I am sure that you have had the times where you were, you know, under a lot of pressure, whether it was defending your thesis or trying to get all of that done, or perhaps the period after that, when you were trying to figure out what in the world you were going to do with the rest of your life once you got the PhD. So I was just, you know. Just just curious your thoughts. I know you're not super informed as it and just, you know, your thoughts on the importance of prioritizing one's own mental health. Yeah, I mean, you won't hear me say that it's unimportant. It's very important. Um, I don't really know anything about this Olympus person. I don't even remember what her name was now that you said it. Um, what was the name? Simone Biles. Simone Biles. I, I haven't really heard anything about the situation. So unless you're going to give okay. me more information, I don't really. <clears throat> but yeah, she had she started. So Olympic gymnastics, there's two sections. You have four members of an Olympic team that compete as a unit, each trying to get the best scores in the various events and the team with the highest score wins. Okay. And then you have individual events where they're just competing for themselves and their top scores can earn them medals. So there's two separate kind of thing. There's team gymnastics and there's the individual. Uh, She's performing as part of the team and she's just not, you know, were you to be interested in this sort of thing, you could go and watch the videos of some of the stuff she does. She's amazing. She's Rick at a ricochet AJ styles level of, acrobatic athleticism sort of thing. So to why don't they just send Ricochet to the Olympics? They should have. Or Reginald. Had, let's pause for a second. Have you seen the match from this p- past week's Raw, Reginald, the wine guy versus R-Truth? I don't know who Reginald is, so, I mean, no. Okay. I'll I'll find the link. Maybe I'll post it in the bestie chat or something. It was ridiculous. Talk about, you know, somebody who is who doesn't look like they should have Ricochet's level of athleticism and does. Oh, okay. Uh, So anyways, Simone Biles is doing her competition and she just looks off. She's stumbling where she shouldn't, you know, she wouldn't normally stumble. She's and so at one point she's doing one of the uh, activities and just halfway through basically just stops and 
you know, clearly is not in the mental and emotional headspace to be able to continue performing. She's risking physical injury. She's risking, you know, letting down the team. And so she basically just withdraws and says, you know, it's, it's not the right time for her to be doing this. She needs to focus on her own mental health. And so she did that with the team. The U S team didn't get a gold medal. They only got a silver medal. Um, but, but, and now today she's said, you know, she's not even going to try to compete in the individual events. She's just done. And so people on Twitter, of course, the discourse has been about the importance of mental health. And the vast majority of people are fully in favor and supportive of her because, you know, they want her to be happy and healthy. But there are those, of course, who are saying she quit on her team and she quit on her country. And, you know, this means that ah, she's yeah, Republicans. Gotcha. Yeah. Not as strong a, you know, athlete or role model as she was, was supposed to be or was, you know, set up to be because so, uh, she, how many people saying those things are Olympians themselves? Uh, none, as far as I can tell. Cool. Yeah. And and the my favorite tweet was somebody saying, you know, the same people who are complaining about Simone Biles are the ones last year that were complaining about wearing a mask for five minutes at Starbucks. Yeah, I don't know. So whatever, Simone, you do what you do, you yes. girl. I'm behind you 100%. I don't know who you are. I forgot what event it was. <laughs> but if you've got something else going on that you feel you need to focus on, by all means, lady. It yeah. is a free well, and, and, world, free country. Yeah. And I think it's just, you know, we all need to start normalizing that. And the importance of, you know, if your head's not right, you need to take whatever time you need to take to, you know, figure out what you need to figure out. Because I've had times where my head's not right. You've had times where your head's not right. One time so, I punched a wall after losing a game I, of Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> I... You've come a very long way, not only from the Monopoly punching incident, but just one of my favorite parts of the time spent at Manson Manor was watching you and my wife have like a 20 minute conversation on like the stock market and all of this sort of stuff and just being like, you know, I don't know, just two of my favorite people in the whole wide world and just... And chatting away because it's it's a topic that I can't converse about with you, and I certainly can't converse about it with my wife because I know nothing about it. So the fact that you know, and from the looks <laughs> that Mrs. Manson was giving, she also doesn't know a whole lot about it. So we had our own you know separate conversation about dog toys or you know something that more on our more on our level, while the two of you were discussing you know four hundred three Bs and one hundred one Cs and WKRPs or whatever. So you're cute. You know that I hope, I hope you have. Thanks. I hope you had a good time. Um, yeah, no, it was lovely. It was nice I, to have you too. I, I've spent a decent number of minutes since we left being like, what would I do with like $7 million? Because <laughs> one of the topics of conversation was how much money do you need? What's the, what's the number? You know, what's the dollar amount when you're just like, you know what? Screw it. And you just don't return to your job and you're just content to do as you, as you put it, you would do nothing. Nothing that I had to do anyways. True. So that was nice. 
anything on your mind? The only other thing I, you know, that I wrote down, I did take notes since it had been a little while. Uh, did you watch any of Money in the Bank? No. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Nikki Cross won and cashed in. She is currently the uh, Raw yeah. Women's Champion. So I heard Nikki uh, Ash had won the uh the 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 briefcase and the yeah. first thing i thought of i kept it to myself on twitter I, I i don't wade into the the deep end anymore the first <laughs> thing i thought was oh great now we get to have another otis situation but in the women's division and you know i guess it's a good thing i didn't run my mouth or my fingers as it were cuz yeah i did hear that she cashed in and i think that's mm-hmm. great i'm i'm happy to see a little bit of movement on that front and not just uh, not becoming another Otis with it. Although I can't help but feel like, all right, now what? Is she just a transitional champion? Is she moving it on to somebody else? I just, I don't see that type of gimmick as being the sort of thing that they're going to build a, um, a promotion around. Like, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't see that. I see that as a kiss of death, ultimately, that kind of character in the WWE. I think she could do great things in a Lucha Underground, maybe, or, or sure. somewhere else. But in the WWE, I, I think history has borne out time and time again that that's just a, a garbage gimmick. So I can't imagine she's long for she's long for that title. But I, hey, I'd be happy to be wrong. Nikki Cross, phenomenal talent, deserves nothing but the best. So I hope mm-hmm. she gets a nice long glorious run i just couldn't the, help but the feel only diff- maybe that becky lynch is on the verge of coming back and they don't want charlotte flair losing to her for some reason right away i don't know could be could be the only thing that uh you know because you're right those gimmicks your rosies and you know granted the hurricane had a career out of it but he was never taken super seriously your mighty mollies or any of that uh she is connecting with young fans specifically young female fans but just young fans uh in a way that i haven't seen since bailey she's kind of taken that bailey spot of she's you know she's going down in there where kids with signs and she's posing for pictures and hugs and she's like touching foreheads with them like ray mysterio i don't know why they're not making replica masks and she's giving them out like bret hart sunglasses to the you know to the girls in the crowd you get some longevity out of a character like that doing those things sure i think there's some staying power i'm surprised she's she's set at SummerSlam, which is in three three and a half weeks um she's set to take on charlotte and rhea ripley in a triple threat which to me does scream well somebody not named nikki ash is going to walk out with that title but I, I expected this to go with Alexa. You have Alexa playing the dark playground character. Now you have uh, Nikki A.S.H. That would be, you know, they were friends before until Alexa turned on her. So it seemed like that made some sense. But who knows? But I it is working better than I expected it to. Cool. So. And I think uh, Nikki Cross, the person, got in very good shape and clearly is you know apparently went to vince mcmahon with a plan and you know 
like with for this character and with evidence as to why she thought this character worked. And from what I've read on to quote GQ, from what I've read online, uh, you know, Vince seemed to come away with it very impressed. And so if he's in, then I think that changes things. But, you know, she is a briefcase holder or was Big E now holds the briefcase. So he is your I didn't see that coming. I didn't think they'd go with it, but. He's now your men's briefcase holder, which people are excited about. So, what is we'll he see what happens getting involved that. in now? What which title? What show is he even on? I don't know. He's on SmackDown. He's had some. They have been slow burning a Biggie Roman match, like on Talking Smack, which is the show after SmackDown. He and Paul Heyman have had a couple of interactions. Um, <clears throat> you know. Uh, I don't remember if it was a backstage thing or, you know, there was, there's been some talk of, you know, a Big E and Roman thing. I assumed they'd wait and have Big E win the Rumble. Now he has a briefcase. Maybe he won't need to. But, uh, you know, right now SummerSlam is shaping up. We've got, we've got John Cena back. Don't know if you heard that. John Cena has made his return. He showed up at. Money in the Bank after Roman beat Edge. So we're going to have Cena versus Roman. Uh, your favorite wrestler, Bill Goldberg, is back. He's going to be wrestling uh, Bobby Lashley. So we'll have those as our two big title matches. Cena is like locked in for um, movies, though, throughout the rest of the year. He's filming other stuff, isn't he? Like, So even if he's here through SummerSlam, it's not like he's here long term, right? He said that, you know, uh, he made some, when he did one of his speeches, he was like, this is not a one night only thing. This is my first night. So I think it'll probably be the, he'll be here for this and then he'll go away for a bit. He'll come back probably to announce he's going to be in the rumble. Maybe he'll show up for the rumble, which will lead to something at WrestleMania. But I'm pretty sure if they haven't finished that Peacemaker TV show based on the Suicide Squad, then they're close. So who knows? Maybe he's, you know, maybe he's worked out a deal where you only need him on Friday, although he worked house shows last weekend. So I don't know. But the crowd was clearly, they had gone all the way around from hating him and booing him to they were very, very glad to see him back. Those live crowds were quite receptive to Senor Cena making his return with his never give up towels and all of that. So, but yeah, cool. money in the bank was money in the bank was decent. The you know I haven't watched a lot of the weekly stuff, but the build for SummerSlam looks good. So, did you watch any of the MLW Battle Riot that I mentioned uh, on the Twitter? I'm assuming not. Well, I, I I googled it um, after you said it was on YouTube, and I clicked on it, and there were a bunch of people in the ring, and I said to myself, "Is it just me, or is that a teeny tiny little ring?" And I couldn't decide if the ring itself was smaller, or you know, more likely. Their their camera lenses or whatever are, are s- such that the ring simply appears to be much smaller than 
then a WWE ring appears. But I just could not get over that. I, I watched it for, I'd say, approximately 10 seconds before closing the window. Um, there was a very large white man in a loincloth who was confronted oh. by a very large uh, black man, I, I think. Calvin yeah. Tankman's that one. I don't remember that a beast beast man or something like that. Yes. That, that was okay. about as far as I made it. All right. Um, I, you know, I watched the whole thing. I had, I had been watching kind of c- trying to catch up with MLW and then just stopped. And so I was like, all right, I'll watch this and maybe this will get me into it. And apologies to our, our friends of the show, Jeremy and Glenn and their piece of business podcast. Cause they always like to talk up MLW the story at the end of their battle royal was great, but at one point they had fourteen wrestlers in the ring, and no one had been eliminated. I and I when I turned it on, it looked like there was about yeah. fourteen people in the ring. Yeah, and most of them were just laying there. And yep. I, I think I watched for a little bit, and I don't know if that large guy had just come in and wrecked house or what. Yes, but like again, the fifteen seconds I had it on, like literally nothing happened. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I was looking around the ring. I was like, I don't think I know who any of these people are. And I, I, I noped out real quick. So yeah, I didn't give can, it a fair shot. You shot. can see, you can see the, um, the fact that it is not a polished product. There were clearly moments where the wrestlers in the ring did not know what to do. And it's a battle Royal, which is a cluster. Uh, the Always best of a times. cluster. Yeah. The reason I mentioned you and brought you in is because the show opened with Cesar Duran otherwise known as Dario Cueto because MLW has Dario Cueto there. Mil Muertes is there and they are talking about this Azteca underground. So they are going to be trying, I believe to start doing some sort of Lucha underground element. I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but I, you know, seeing Dario Cueto walk out, I was like, Doc might be interested in this. Is he, he like a wrestler now? No, he's the he came out in his traditional Dario Cueto suit. I think he's now the matchmaker for MLW. So I think he's kind of turning into an authority figure for them. But the you know well, that like makes a, me story more interested. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you that. I I think that you know as I'm watching the Battle Royal, I'm like, all right, this is a bad. <laughs> thing this was a bad show to try to get him into because a lot of the wrestlers there were some that were very good some that looked very much like your aero star or your maybe not drago but you know the the wrestlers with masks or face paint doing ridiculous moves and things there was one guy who did a 619 but over the top rope instead of through the ropes which i thought was athletically pretty impressive how does one do that i don't you need the top rope to to like hold on to yeah either that or he had the wrestler's arm maybe maybe he had one of their arms and kind of used that to grip i don't recall but you know they have some good characters there's a stable called contra that is pretty good it has this is not going to be a selling point for you it has uh simon gotch of the vaude villains as part of it giant dick hole (laughs) uh I don't recall. He may have fallen into the dingbat rule. I don't recall what exactly he did, but yeah, um, I don't really either. That could, know, be, a, that could their, be an unfair d- attribution. 
They're clearly building around this guy, Hammerstone, who came out in red and yellow and obviously is their Hulk Hogan. Like, they didn't even try to hide it at this point. Oh, um, yeah. After Jeremy's email, I did go look back into my beef with Hammerstone. And, yeah, it does appear that he was a crazy Trumper who went back through his um, timeline and deleted a bunch of tweets as a result huh. of Interesting. You know, being an idiot. So, yeah. Well, I'm really selling this, aren't I? No, not really. Not <laughs> really. He's wow. one of those Republicans that likes to hide behind the idea of, I'm just saying my opinion, man. Why do you have a problem with that? But just like completely in disingenuous bullshit, like your, uh, uh, what is that guy's name? The guy with the face who's too small. I can't remember his name. What's his name? Big Cass? No, he, he's a... Charlie Kirk or something. What's his name? The name sounds familiar. Yeah, I don't know who that is. He seems but. like a total fuckwad. So anybody who likes him must be a real prick. Sorry, I was just trying to say that because I hoped that maybe it would enrage Jeremy into cutting a promo on me. I, I don't know. <laughs> You're trying. Yeah. I mean, I was trying. I, I kind of gave it up real quick here. I, I don't know. I don't really get the fact a shit. that they had that guy can say whatever you think, whatever he wants. I don't, I don't really care. Yeah. The fact that MLW, not Jeremy, you can Jeremy find a lot. Jeremy's a fine fellow. Listen to his show. Piece of business. He's, he's fantastic. He's got the crawdads and, and, and the jambalaya and, and the piece of business. It's good shit, man. It's good shit. I like Jeremy a whole lot. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. And Glenn, like that, that Glenn is a guy. nice fellow. Have I said anything about Glenn recently? Because ah, oh, Glenn is Glenn is just he's the bestest of the best. Fucking we have here. We have two emails from Glenn. Do we have five emails? Two of them are from Glenn. Oh, that's so. interesting. But yeah, the fact that MLW is on YouTube, from the looks of it, I think you can get to watch the show on YouTube each week. I'm like, all right, that at least is easier than trying to figure out the AEW with the commercials and all yeah, of that. See, the Plus, problem with if, MLW is it seems like a trash, unprofessional, garbage product that only people with way too much free time uh, could get invested in. Oh, man, it's a roller coaster with you. <laughs> Never know where you're going. <laughs> roller coaster of Doc. Say what? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, right. I'm sure it's, it could be good if you like garbage, but, you know, I don't know. If you're Duke the Dumpster Drossy, I'm sure it's a <laughs> great time. Yeah, yeah, you know. All right, let's get to the emails. Since Again, we, we missed a week uh, last week. That was all my fault. Apologies abound. Uh, Glenn sent us an email way back on the 15th, and it is called Tape Trading Podcast at DDTWrestling.com. Hi, guys. I was listening to a discussion the other day about how kids used to watch wrestling tape trading with others. Oh, wait, no, we did this one. one. All right. Then we only have four emails. Yeah, we read that one. You're crazy. We do. Yes, we did. All right. You crazy, DC. You crazy. Podcast at DDTWrestling.com, by the way, is that email address. If you wanted to also write in your thoughts and questions to be read on the air in future weeks of this here very wonderful, whimsical Podcast, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. That address again. Who's our, who's our who's our first emailer this week, DC? Our first emailer this week is uh, your buddy and mine. It's Tim. Good day, gentlemen. 
I hope this email finds you both well. As with many others, I was frustrated by the cock during Money in the Bank. It is worth going back and what is it worth going back and watching the men's midibib match in your opinion? Tim, P.S. I also hope to hear more from Eddie. I didn't watch it, so I wouldn't know. DC, how was the midib match? Well, the issues with Peacock is Peacock like froze or a lot of the people watching weren't able to see the do, end do, of the pay-per-view. Do you remember when the network was first starting? Because like people were online were like, oh, the network's always been perfect. Why did they have to get rid of Do you remember like the first two years of the network where it was constantly going down and you couldn't log in during live events? Like yeah. it got good over time. Don't get me wrong. But like, th- guys, chill. Peacock's going to have some growing pains, but they'll figure it out. You know what I mean? They're going to figure it out. So, Especially when you've got the Olympic coverage, even if it was before the Olympics, and all of that. Uh, yes, the men's money in the bank match was worth it. It was very, very good. You've got Kevin Owens in a ladder match, which is always good. You've got Big E. You've got Shinsuke. You've got uh, Matt Riddle in there who did some decent things. Seth Rollins is in there and you've got Drew McIntyre and John Morrison and Ricochet. It was an entertaining match. Uh, probably. And now I'm looking. Yeah. My favorite match of the evening, in fact, was the men's one. So I do highly recommend it. If you, if you have Peacock and you want to fire it up, Doc Manson and watch that men's money in the bank match, you will not regret it. It was a good match. Yeah, I don't you know what? The other thing I noticed about Peacock was, I tried searching for like WrestleMania three and it returned no results. You have to just search for WrestleMania and it brings up WrestleMania like it's a show. And then you have to choose. Yeah. Basically the season to get to which numbered edition that that is the, the, that's the worst search. I think currently on a streaming platform. Uh, Yeah. It's pretty bad. It's terrible. It's terrible. I think yeah. I tried WrestleMania three and then I tried like WrestleMania. I don't remember what the year was. 1985, 1986. I think I probably tried that next. And then that still didn't work. And then I was just like, well, let's just fucking try WrestleMania then. And then I still had to go through a few screens to get to the one I wanted. I was just like, really? This yeah. is this is trash. This is MLW tier search on this Peacock app. Jeremy, I don't know what you have to say for yourself. Oh my god. It's gonna drive up here and beat me to smack death. you with a crawfish. Yeah, I don't blame you. MLW um, is a great yeah. product, I'm sure. I'm sure Hammerstone's a nice guy. I don't I don't know anything about it. I'm just being a dick. That's that's my that's my uh, shtick, people. That's what I do. I create controversy. Yeah, I don't what, know if it works if I just give away the game right. But away. that's that's it, because the stable that Simon Gotch is a part of is named Contra. So there you go. The Contra Versi. Are you lumping me in with Simon Gotch? I will drive to your home, DC Matthews. No, uh, because you should. I will I put would, a potato would, is, in your tailpipe. I'm not talking oh about the goodness. car. Oh, wow. Close my legs a little bit before <laughs> continuing with this conversation. <clears throat> no, you are much more a Jacob Fatu or a Joseph Sam Samael than a. Uh, than a Simon Gotch. I don't know. All right. Our next email comes from Danielle Sullivan two weeks in a row, Danielle, and it is called Inclusion. Hello again. I can't think of any stories, but I do have a question. How's GQ? Well, we talked about this. Neither of us have heard from him. Accurate. GQ, I'm sure you're listening, so 
Write in. Podcast at DDTWrestling.com. Yeah. Let everyone know go. how you're doing. Uh, anyone else excited about the upcoming fall weather? Yep. This is usually about the time of the year where I start wearing jackets and wanting cooler weather. It actually hasn't been that hot here in Oklahoma, which is quite unusual. Are you ready for fall? I am ready for fall from a weather standpoint. Are you ready for pumpkin spice season? Always. I love pumpkin spice. One of my true loves in this world. Uh, I'm enjoying that. It looks like the next week or so is going to be temperatures in the 70s, maybe getting up to 80. You know, I'm I'm done with the, the 90s reaching into 100. The, the, all the heat wave and all of that can just go right, go right home. My other question is topical. As we are in the last three or four days here of service as teachers, there's at least three people who are defensive, rude, etc. to each other. And similar to last summer, I'm caught in the middle between the two groups. Sigh. So my question is this. Does inclusion with everyone and everything really seem reasonable? Our supervisor lectured us on this this morning, and I do think inclusion with kids is necessary, but with adults, that's more difficult. I think, if it the, I think that if there's at least one person, a part of some group works too. My train of logic is that not everyone can be friendly and truly buddy-buddy with everyone all the time. That's all I have for this week. Cheers. And Danielle. Um, with adults, the problem is, um, especially in a work setting, I think there is an expectation that everybody can be professional with each other, even if you're not friends. So, yep. I mean, it's hard to comment without knowing the extent of the behaviors, but I don't care if you guys don't like each other. You should at least be able to operate um, in a professional sense and get your jobs done um, without, yep. without in, a, in a way that does not A, uh, put out the kids, certainly, but also uh, put your coworkers in a um, awkward situation. I think that's sure. at least the bare minimum. And if your manager civility, not, just uh, a- yeah, civility. If your manager's not uh, making that, um, not facilitating that, I think that's an issue. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I say that with my students. Like, I'm like, you don't have to like each other. We're, you know, I will often do the math and figure out we've been together for 700 hours already this year. <clears throat> You're going to get on each other's nerves, especially during COVID when we couldn't interact with anybody else. Um, but yeah, we have to be respectful. We have to be civil. And, you know, in a, in, it's even worse when it's in a professional environment if you've got people who are being rude to each other in a professional environment there's probably a reason why your uh supervisor was lecturing you on it and you know i will say too though like um inclusion i think stops at the invitation to some extent depending on what you're talking about so like you know if there were say a um an essentially extracurricular activity like, you know, ah, oh, the staff is going to get together and we're going to, I don't know, go for a couple of drinks at the bar. Everyone needs to be invited. But if somebody says, oh, I don't want to go because X, Y, and Z, or they don't even say why. No, nope, not my scene. Don't want to. That's fine. The inclusion was yeah. there. Um, and they chose not to be involved. And that's fine. Um, I, so I don't like press my staff on that either. Mm. <laughs> 
Not only is yeah, it trash she, day, but I was delivered tacos. <laughs> oh, man. This she is. came in. She brought you tacos with a side of guacamole. And then she took your trash and left the room. Ah, oh, man. I am living the life. You are. You say you want, you know, that $5 million or that $7 million so you can really, you know, have it made. Well, you got it. You got it pretty good there, Doc. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I will. I will continue to talk if you want to crunch on some tacos. Oh, I'm going to crunch some tacos. I'm just getting the guac. Really, really up close to the mic. Oh, yeah. It's going to be so good. It's going to be crunch, People crunch, crunch. People do enjoy listening to us eat. Uh, but yeah, no. And yes, and. And it's it's weird, you know, in a like there are maybe 60 to 70 staff members in my building. Um, if it's a, you know, administrative led function, if it's the annual Christmas party or if it's something like that, the invitation goes to everyone. Uh, but, you know, there are plenty of there it is. There are plenty of people who are, you know, arranging events and it's they you know, they invite who they want to invite and, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. It's a weird thing to juggle, which is why I tend, you know, there are people I work with that I enjoy. There are people I work with that I am close to, but I was, I was with my parents yesterday at a family function and, you know, they asked, have you heard from your work friends? And I was like, no, the friendship essentially goes on pause in the end of June and we'll pick it up around mid August when we all start texting each other about how we don't want to have to go back. But I don't really feel like work friends are friends. It depends on the circumstance, you know, the, the people that I have worked with for 13 or 14 years and we have gone out socially in one. He's signaling for a beverage. Well, I mean the, the trash <clears throat> can was returned. So I figured it would use that moment to, Say, I, I don't have anything to drink here, which is going to be problematic. Look, thought you had a hard seltzer. It's, it's finished. Thank you. All right. We got to get you a little. You should use some of that Patreon money and get yourself a little mini fridge up there that you could always have beverages. Now that is an idea. Yeah. All right. Our next email comes from Che. And it's the Olympics. Would you like me to read it since you're eating or are you good? I'm good. Hi, guys. I know Doc isn't the biggest of sports fans, but the Olympics is on the horizon with 33 different sports and a whopping 339 different medal events taking place. If you could both choose one discipline to have a go at, what would it be and why? All the best. Check. Sent from his galaxy. What Olympic event would you like to be in? Um, probably the hot dog eating contest. That's part of the Olympics, that, right? No, although apparently in the 2024 Olympics, breakdancing will be a sport. Awesome. Um, I don't think I know enough Olympic sports. Why don't you name some for me, DC? Because you're such an Olympics fan. Why don't I mean? All right. Are we talking Summer Olympics specifically? Because I imagine, I imagine the cool running. We'll, we'll stick. Sport, we'll stick with the summer. Called. Bobsled. I imagine that's not in the yeah. running for the. Olympics. Well, my my answer clearly is curling, 
But in terms of the summer sports, uh, I, I will give you the summer sport and you can just say yes or no. You would like to be a part of it. Uh, so wait three a on three if, basketball. If curling is a sport during the winter, do they do shuffleboard at the Summer Olympics? They do not. That seems like an odd omission, don't you think? I suppose so. Uh, three on three basketball. Um, I'll pass on that. Archery. I would consider archery. I mean, I've never fired a bow in my life, but okay. Yeah. All right. I took archery lessons as a kid. We had archery at summer camp. Uh, artistic gymnastics or artistic swimming? No, thank you. There is a sport, according to the Olympics website, called athletics. That need to be more specific for me. I don't know what that means. Hold on. Uh, oh, I believe that is all the track and field events are all lumped under the athletics category. I'll skip those. Uh, badminton. That's the one with the stopcock thing. Shuttlecock. Shuttlecock. That's what I meant. Um, yeah, I don't think I'd be very good at it, but at least I could say cock a lot. I got to find this uh, because I will be watching the shuttlecock on the peacock. Very nice. Very nice. You like the shuttlecock. Uh, baseball or basketball? No. Beach volleyball. They got kickball? I would do Olympic no. kickball. <laughs> they should. Olympic capture the flag? I would do Olympic bocce if bocce was an option. Eh, did pass. you say capture the flag? <laughs> I did that all the time in high school. That must be a sport. I would like to. I would. Didn't we do some uh, drama fundraiser where we went and played like nighttime capture the flag in like an old soccer field or something like sticks. that with glow sticks? Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. All right. I think rather than reading these events, clearly we need to make our own bocce, shuffleboard, capture the flag. I would like to play Olympic Monopoly. And if you're not doing well, if you're able to punch your way through enough walls, you win by default. <laughs> you get more money depending on the number of walls you break. Oh yeah. But yeah, we've got we've got canoeing, we've got diving, we've got fencing. Canoeing sounds relaxing. Judo, I can do that. Handball. No ultimate frisbee. I'm sorry to say. Oh, tall guy would be so disappointed. Hey, you saw tall guy recently. He still plays ultimate. Of course he does. You know, he's only 40 years old. Let's just keep going and playing ultimate Frisbee like an ad. Ah, never mind. Anyways. <clears throat> Rugby. Rock climbing is now a sport. No, it's not. Tr trampoline. Could be fun. Surfing. No. Uh, yeah. Really I would do curling. Person, so I, I, don't, no. I don't really know what to tell you. I might try archery. I might. Nah. All right. Our last email of the evening comes from Glenn. It's getting hot in here. Good evening, gentlemen, from a very hot and sticky Ipswich. Finally, after a very cold spring, we in the UK are getting a summer. And as us Brits love to do, people are moaning about the weather. Which leads me to my question this week. What is the optimum temperature for you both? And when it gets too hot? What do you do to keep cool? I personally eat ice cream and drink very cold beer. Thanks, as always. Glenn sent from mail for Windows 10. 
Uh, my optimum temperature is anywhere, I, I would say, 66 to 71 would be my optimum temperature. I'm going to say 98.6 degrees. Um, any cooler, and I feel like I'm not doing too well. Any hotter, I'm probably pretty sick. So that's probably the optimum temperature for my body. Um, of course, we're talking weather, and I should stop obstructing. I'm with you. Um, mid to high sixties really is where I, I want it. I want I want yeah. to have the option to put on a very light, uh, long yes. sleeve hoodie or something yes. like that. Now my <clears throat> wife, Mrs. Manson thinks I'm crazy. She says 75 or bust. She wants it to be warmer. Um, she and my wife get along for many reasons. That is one of them. Yeah. But no, I, I I'm more like a 65 guy over a 75 day. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I want to be able to go out in jeans or in shorts and be totally comfortable. I want to be able to go out in a t-shirt or a sweatshirt and be totally comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Not right around so, there. And what do I, what do, I yeah. do um, to cool off? I, I, I buy a, 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 ma- a manor with central air conditioning and I never yes. go outside. That's, that's what I yep. do. We have, we have central air here, which is one of the reasons we've never left. Um, but yeah, I, I will do that. I will occasionally take a cooler shower. I don't like cold showers, but I will take a cooler shower. But yes, I will turn on the ceiling fan. I will turn on the central air, and I will lay in whatever spot I can get both of those hitting me at the same time. If I'm going to go sit out on like a warm porch, uh, I'd like to do so with uh, maybe a nice cool glass of iced tea. Sure. Possibly spiked with some of that lemonade flavored deep eddies flavored vodka that you introduced me to some, some years ago. So some in the closet. Uh, the problem with that is the first thing alcohol does is raises my body temperature. Like probably not that much, but I immediately start sweating. Uh, okay, so I don't think I have that problem. I will not be going for alcohol, but I will. I will be taking a glass and filling it eighty percent with ice cubes, twenty percent with water, drinking the water, and then. Uh, sucking or chewing on the ice cube. You know, watermelon's a good go-to as well. Yeah. Um, very tasty, good. very sweet. Oh, all that water, very good. Uh, hey, if you take grapes and put them in the freezer. Okay, now them, you're like, talking like, like a little grape popsicle. Person. Are you kidding? Come on. Probably. That is way too much work. Uh, it's It makes me happy. It's, it's something I feel when, positive about. When, which me, When oh, you freeze them, do, do you put a popsicle yes. stick in there so you get a bunch of grapes no. on a stick? No. Why not? You just you put them. do that. Because that would be too much work. <laughs> mm. Taking the bag of grapes, rinsing them off to make sure there's no spiders or anything in there, and then sticking. Plus, if you rinse them off, the whatever remnants of water will then freeze on the grape, giving you a little bit of extra ice. All right. Okay. Well, I am positive that, that was the end of the emails podcast at dbtwrestling.com yes. if you want to write in next week but speaking of positivity dc you're so good uh i think i know what yours is gonna be um, why don't you tell me since you i'm interested what do you think why it's gonna be base again i have to base it on the very few tweets and and things i i would presume uh that it could be because now I'm nervous, but I would presume 
that it would be uh, the new Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. Either having seen the trailer or knowing you, just knowing that there is a trailer and that the movie exists. I uh, I did watch the trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife, and I liked it. <clears throat> um, I thought it did a good job of playing on nostalgia and really selling me on the concept of the movie. I do think it feels like a very different kind of movie than the first movie. But then again, I think every movie in the franchise has been different. And, you know, in some ways, I think that's okay. I think the biggest mistake you could make is trying to recapture the lightning in the bottle quality that is the first Ghostbusters in many ways. Uh, I'll go on record here and say in many ways, I think the first Ghostbusters is a perfect film. Um, very little to complain about in that film. So I understand why they might go a different way with it. And, you know, to, to the way they're treating these trailers, it almost has that feel of like a Steven Spielberg style movie. It's got that whimsy to it. It's got that impressive sort of visual and heart. Um, I'm impressed so far by what I see. And as a Ghostbusters nostalgia junkie, uh, yeah, it appeals to me very much. I think Paul Rudd looks great. I think the little girl, whoever that little that actress is, I think she from her like from her one line in that trailer sounds great. She sounds like a little Egon, which I think is fantastic. Um, even uh, Wolf Hardskin or whatever his name is, Wolf Die Hard. <laughs> I don't know. It's whatever. Wolf. Hard skin. What's his name? Thank you for not Wolfhard? saying Wolf Foreskin. <laughs> Finn Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard. Um, I think he Close seems enough. he seems fine. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And you know, I saw just enough. I saw probably too much in 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 the clips of special effects because I now I'm fairly certain I know exactly what the story is. Uh, but in some ways, that's a good thing because again, I do think it, it's. It's appealing to that nostalgia side of me. So maybe I shouldn't have watched the trailer as as a purist, but um, but overall, I think it did hype me for the movie more than I was before, which is good. I I did not expect the last 10 seconds of the trailer because I had seen the first one. And then when is her name Annie Potts. Yeah. When she showed up, I was like, hey, OK, cool. And then the last 10 seconds happens, and I was like, oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think they're doing a good job playing with their expectations there. Um, the Shandor Mining Company is a great nod. And again, to me, only gives a wink and a nod towards where that film is going. And I think that's great. So, um, yeah. No. I'm uh, looking very forward uh, to this November. I hope I'm able to get out to now, a theater to see it. I don't know. That's, that's my question. Yeah. I mean, the way things are going, I'm not so sure I'm going to be comfortable going to a theater in November. But, I mean, depending on how things go, maybe they will alter their plans as well. We will see. Yeah. Yeah. No, we are nervous. Um, we are heading <clears throat> another last-minute vacation because that's just how we spend our summer. So we're heading back to uh, the Cape this Sunday, we leave in a couple of days. Um, and 
you know, we're a little worried that the numbers are getting high enough, you know, will Massachusetts start closing their borders, which would really impact our travel plans. I don't think, I think we're close enough that I think we'll be okay, but it's getting a little, it's getting a little sketchy out there. I'm seeing more and more people masked as they, uh, yeah, this past weekend, we went to a couple of places where, um, indoors where the traffic was a little higher and yeah, I was wearing my mask again this last weekend for the first time in a while. Now that we've peaked that 2% positivity rate. Um, yep. Starting to get a little less comfortable around these parts. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. We're not, we're not, uh, one of the, we're not one of those problem places yet in the country, but no, we're trending in the wrong direction and we're getting to be, uh, high enough where, I mean, you think about it. If you were to randomly test, Every person you go by, if you were to pass by 100 people in a store, two of them would be positive. So, yeah. I mean, it's starting. It, yeah. Well, and it's it, we're at 2.9, as I got yeah. from a text from my wife while we've been recording, 2.9. Yeah, so, so yeah. even higher now. So there you go. Like, it's starting to get. So, so was that your piece of positivity, or did you have something else? Uh, I had something else, but, you know, I think that's actually better. Um, I was just going to say that Ted Lasso has resumed season two, episode one has dropped on Apple TV. I watched it. I'm concerned. Uh-oh. I am concerned. Uh-oh. I, I, it, it did not feel quite as good as the goodness of season one, but you know what? It's just the first episode. Got to cut them some slack. Uh, we'll see how it goes. And you know, part of it might be season one. I, Long after the fact of it airing, I binged. I was able to watch them all back to back to back. Um, oh, that's true. So watching them week to week may be a very different experience. Honestly, I am considering uh, ceasing waiting. to watch at this point and waiting until they're all available. Yep. I may do that. We so. we did that not intentionally, but we finished Loki uh, last within the last few days. And we watched, I think, the last three episodes within a 24 hour period as opposed to going week to week to week. And, you know, I really yeah. wish Disney would, would stop throwing so much money at these garbage superhero shows and like, just take a fraction of that budget. Give me a new Muppets show. Like give me, give me, give, give me anything other than superheroes. Like go, go into your catalog, look at your properties. Muppets specifically is the one that, that speaks to me that I would like to see, but like, I don't know, man, you've got money. Like just start pumping some stuff out. Give us some variety. Um, I feel like if you're not deep into that superhero stuff and I get it, most of the world is, I just feel like if you're not deep into that, there's not much to watch on Disney plus. Not really. Not really. Not really. Although is that new free guy movie? Well, no, Jungle Cruise. That's it. You could watch. You could pay thirty dollars and watch The Rock. I'm not uh, paying a, thirty dollars for cat. anything. If it's included in the subscription, I'd watch it. For thirty dollars, I ain't watching it. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, my piece of positivity. Once again, I have uh, started playing a video game that people have probably. Uh, played five years ago or so i don't really know but i was looking for a game to play and i wanted to do hades but hades isn't coming out for the ps4 until the middle of august so i had a couple of weeks to wait uh and i was looking for something and i saw that fallout 4 
was free to play if you have that PS Now or whatever. And <clears throat> it's a Bethesda game, which means I can, you know, put my little cheat code mods in because that's how I enjoy playing games. And so I am I am playing Fallout 4. Were you a Fallout fan? Yes and no. I like the world of Fallout. I, I, I do like that 50s sort of gone awry nuclear retro aesthetic they have going on. I like the humor of the fallout series. Um, but I don't like some of the systems they layer into those games, the radiation and stuff. I always feel like I'm micromanaging the bullshit. And I thought, I actually yeah. think I probably would enjoy it more if I, if I wasn't so um, adverse to throwing on some mods and cheat codes and the like, I, I, I always find there's too much, going on in those games for me to really get into them. I found uh, the more recent game, The Outer Worlds, was very similar, I felt, in gameplay, but without those systems and had very similar aesthetics choices as well. It wasn't quite as high on the 50s thing, but it, it was doing it was doing basically the same thing, just in a with a a different aesthetic manner. I don't know if it was more uh, art deco maybe was the way I would describe outer worlds instead, but either way I felt like it was very similar and I I've, I've preferred that series over fallout since fallout made its uh, transition to being a Bethesda property. Cause the original fallout games back in the day uh, were not Bethesda games one and two. Um, it wasn't until fallout three that Bethesda took that series over and released it. Fair enough. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I did play fallout four when it came out in 2015, so nearly six years yeah. old at this point, actually. Um, well, yeah. it's interesting because that means it came out around the time Skyrim did. No. And you can tell that. Skyrim came out in 2011. Time? Really? It's been 10 years that Skyrim came out. I, yeah. Well, either way, whichever game came out first, you can tell that Fallout 4 then is there are very similar uh, properties of, you know, you walk into a. You walk into a, you know, a building and there's a door that you can't access because that's clearly going to be your exit. Once you make your once you fight your way through the building, you'll leave by that door. But uh, I'm not wild about the settlement building. I don't care. No. Maybe the building I just, sucks. you know, maybe game. because. Yeah. And, you know, so like they're telling me, you know, oh, this place is under attack. Go defend it. And I'm like, oh, and that was new in Fallout 4. That whole system did not exist in Fallout 3. Yeah. Or even the pseudo sequel, uh, New Vegas. Um, yeah. So that was. New. I don't I know like that, that I will. I don't know that I will get. You know, I put hundreds of hours into Skyrim. Um, I don't think I will get that out of this, but it's kept my attention for the last week, week and a half. Uh, you can, you know, if you if you happen to go on your Twitter machine and look up at Nerd DC Games, I, I tend to you know, do a, a sort of characterized diary of the game. So, you know, the character believes he is a synth, which is why he is invulnerable and all of that sort of thing. So he's trying to figure out how to, you know, which, which faction will give him the best chance of, you know, this mean nerd DC may grace our airwaves again someday. I, the muse needs to strike, but you know, stranger things have happened. What can I say? All right. Okay. Well, I'm glad you are enjoying Fallout 4. Yeah. Your piece of positivity but, this week. But yes, in, in two weeks when Hades comes out, I will switch over and play that because 
having heard you talk about it and reading about the game, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got to play that game. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you'll like it because I don't know if you've played games that control like that before. But I think if you get the, the hang of it, I, I do think you'll enjoy it. But I don't know. I'll yeah. be interested to see what you think of it. I, I accept the fact that I will be terrible at it at first, as I am with every game, because it's like I've never held a controller before. Turn on God mode in the options for Hades. That's oh, that will be the first thing that I do. Yeah, it doesn't stop you from dying. In fact, you have to die in the game to progress the story. But um, every time you die, it, it gives you like a two percent resistance, and it builds. Yes, and um, there's no shame. Yeah, play it to enjoy. That's what they said. They were, I read an article about it, and they were like, "We want people to, you know, like we wanted to have something, but it wasn't, you know, blatant god mode where you can." You know, I think it's a great a, compromise. Honestly, I do. Yeah, I created a a care and different character of doing a playthrough the other day on Fallout Four, where I just basically made Thanos, yeah. who can jump five times higher and run five times faster, and he and I found a mod that basically means all of the essential characters that normally you can't kill are now killable. And I'm just running around torching everybody. Are you I'm like, Oh, you're the central. I I couldn't be purple, but I have a very big head and a cleft chin. Although maybe there's a mod where I could become purple. One never knows, but all right. Well, one never knows what they are going to find on the DDT wrestling podcast. We went all over the place here. We went some serious. We had some lighthearted, a fun was had by all uh doc manson threw some serious shade towards mlw uh what can i say it's a garbage show for garbage people <laughs> uh what can you say i don't know anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good night well, if you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, you can send us an email, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You can listen to all of our back catalog, all, you know, 280 episodes plus other stuff uh, by going to ddtwrestling.com or ddtpod.com or even to your podcast repository of choice. And finally, if you like what you've heard and really, how could you head on over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling to send just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc as it does help us keep the lights on and this podcast train uh, chug-a-luggin. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Follow him to appreciate the roller coaster of Doc. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Uh, thank you for joining us here on episode 281. Yep. Question mark. All right, I'm on it now. Uh, only 19 weeks to go until we get to the big 300. Uh, until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie? <laughs>